Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And you're listening to the podcast for December 30th, 2018. Uh, and uh, today for you, we have a very special uh, guest, so I want to get this introduction right. Uh, she is the House of Targaryen, the first of her name, the Unburnt Queen of the Andals, the Roynar. Wait, 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 wait. Wrong introduction. Breaker, breaker change, mother of dragons. No, no, not no, not the no. right one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, Jennifer, how would you introduce yourself? I would introduce myself as Bishop Jennifer, the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Central Southern Indiana, otherwise known as Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so none of those breaker of chains. Uh, I'm a mother of dragons, though. <laughs> I mean, I will claim that one. I actually have the T-shirt, although not today. But yeah. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. I so love we it. get to call it. your son a dragon? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, well, there you go. Hey, that's, you know, uh, put a plug in for St. Richard's Episcopal School there. There uh, you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, so, yeah, in all seriousness, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us uh, and for putting up with me in particular. Uh, it's but all right. uh, it's like my job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is very much your job. Um, so, uh, but uh, but uh, uh, as, as we said, a couple of housekeeping uh, things just for the purpose of the podcast, uh, we've introduced a couple of more. Uh, a couple new aspects to it. One is we're now uh, producing uh, versions of the sermon as soon as I can get uh, back home and and uh, make a an, an MP3 version of it. Uh, so if you're listening and you want to compare uh, the discussion about the lectionary readings to the homily, uh, you now have the ability to do that. Uh, additionally, um, as you are now listening to this, uh, it will be very close to the end of the year. And we have uh, opened up a, a, an email here at Holy Family Episcopal Church uh, specifically dedicated to uh, taking any questions. So if you want to uh, submit a question in advance for a reading, uh, you can now do so at shortcut at HFEC. That's HFEC as in Holy Family Episcopal Church dot org. And we'd be happy to take uh, certain questions about upcoming lectionary readings and, and, and be able to discuss uh, those questions on uh, on the podcast itself. So opening that up as a, as a possibility. And within reason, we'll take questions about the church and life in general, too. W within reason. I mean, Bruce puts up with my questions, so why not put up with yours? Um, but uh, and in light of that, uh, I did want to get to our uh, our sponsor uh, for for this podcast, uh, as uh, listeners have, have, have by now maybe grown accustomed to or grown to hate. Uh, we, we don't generate money for uh, these podcasts. We don't, we don't sell out uh, uh, podcast sponsorships. So instead, uh, we have special uh, religious uh, sponsors come in. And so today's episode is brought to you by The Mitre. One of the most recognizable religious items on the planet, it, it, it's what the pen is more than the sword. According to English novelist and playwright Edward Bulwer-Lighton, no law or ordinance is mitre than understanding. Per Plato, even Chinese philosopher and founder of Taoism, uh, Lao Tzu says that he who controls others may be powerful, but he who has mastered himself is still mitre, still the mitre. Today's pod, podcast sponsor. Ben, I have a feeling you don't know what a mitre is. I might or might not. Okay, that's oh. the last one. Oh my goodness. That, <laughs> that was quite the same. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was fun. Well, going the long way around the block like we just did. Bishop, would you mind telling us what a mitre is? A mitre might be. Well, a mitre is a hat, a special hat that's part of the vestments that bishops wear. Mm -hmm. And so they are pointy at the top. 
they, they kind of look like an upside down triangle. And let me just tell you, there are not many people who can make that look good. But I kind of managed okay. I, I know. I think you. I think you're wrong. Yeah. Thank you. I think you do. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, it, it, are, are are you a big fan of the miter, or is that that one of those things like I can't wait to get this thing off my head? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's a thing, the whole miter hair thing is, and for those for bishops who have hair, the miter <laughs> hair thing is a, it's a real thing. And so, you know, I, I've learned to not take off the miter and then touch up my hair too much, but mm -hmm. you know, it's a thing you have to grow into if you're a bishop. It's yeah. just one of those things. Yeah. It's worth it though, you know. Yeah. yeah. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The things I do for, for the love of the church. So. Well, thanks for indulging uh, me and today's sponsor. Again, that sponsor is The Miter. Um, but uh, so in, 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 uh, in an effort to stay on task, uh, which is uh, hard to do for Bruce and I, uh, we'll move on then to, to, to the readings. Uh, so for, like I said before, this is for uh, December 30th. And uh, the first reading is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. And uh, we're going to skip all over 21 through 25 because they're not important. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then goes to, uh, and, and includes 26. And that's the, uh, that's the reading for the first Sunday after Christmas, the first one. Uh, and that reads, Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Ephod. Uh, ephod. Okay, saying it right. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she had made to the Lord. And then he would, re they, would re sorry, they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. Um, so... Uh, this is just like Samuel picking out a kid in the crowd and, and or like the story of Samuel picking out a, a kid in the crowd and uh, and uh, and uh, kind of give, issuing him a blessing. What do you what's uh, what, what do we make of this as parishioners? Uh, what do we make of this reading? What are we supposed to take away? Well, the first thing I would say, we started off talking about fashion, right? The mm -hmm, half fashion. Mm -hmm. And so the ephod being part of the ecclesiastical fashion of the time for that mm -hmm. community was pretty important. And so the first thing I noticed is that there's this this piece of clothing or cloth that denotes a pretty imp important person. Like Samuel, even as a boy, is wearing a liturgical vestment, a vestment for mm. worship. And... Um, that's a sign of things to come because he's, isn't he like given to live in the temple? Like he's basically right. being brought up right. in the temple and mm -hmm. even at a very young age, donning the vestments of someone who would be authorized to be there. Hmm. And he's being, and, and, and this particular verse uh, points out that Eli is the one who kind of recognizes uh, Samuel and his service to the church, service to the community and, and, uh, um, and he's the one nurturing him in this service too. Mm -hmm. he's, sort of, he's sort of apprenticed to Eli. Right. Okay. And uh, but but it's Elkanah and his wife that um, receives the blessing from from Eli, not Samuel himself. I'm a little confused as to right. how that. Okay. So it's Eli is the priest of the temple, basically the one mm -hmm. who would receive the sacrifices and on behalf of the people offer the sacrifices that were appointed. And so he's the one who blesses. He's the one who does that um, kind of ministry. And I suspect here, Eli is doing what he does and Samuel is kind of witnessing and watching and learning, mm -hmm. as you say, sort of an apprentice. Right. Um, but you know what I love about this reading? I mean, I think, you know, the call of Samuel is one that we talk a lot about and get 
we hear it a lot aside from the Sundays assigned to because it's used in ordinations, I think. And mm-hmm. so it's an option for youth uh, use, this idea that this very young person um, would get called forth for ministry. And so to me, this is like kind of getting a little prelude of what's to come. Like you can see how this young boy is growing and watching and learning right. in the ways of the temple. Interesting. So, and, and I noticed that the, the, the blessing is not necessarily a blessing that would be uh, handed out uh, uh, in modern age. Um, may, may you have, may you be blessed with children. <laughs> well, but it's one that people often seek. I remember mm-hmm. being in Jerusalem at the church of St. Anne, uh, which is by tradition, the mother of Mary. And there's a special chapel, a very small space that is full of scraps of paper, which it which contain the names of uh, women or couples who are seeking to have children. And hmm. folks mail them in from all over the world if they're seeking to have children. Uh, so it's it's often a very strong concern for sure. a couple, even in this day and age. So I, su- I suppose uh, this blessing specifically, though, especially, uh, it, you know, um, times past have been it, the, the main concern is what are you leaving for the next generation and your genealogy and, and that kind of defines who you are as a person. And so this blessing would be like, and you have, will have influence, um, you know, well beyond your years. And, and that's that's uh, what what's being hoped for. Although, I, I like I said, I would imagine if you were to give this blessing specifically to an individual within our parish. Uh, it would it would not be met necessarily with like a, oh thank you <laughs> right <laughs> be a, what or, the heck <laughs> to put it nicely but you know I mean I think I mean as a woman the Christmas story and the preparations mm. for Christmas I mean it's always been this tension point because there is a sense in the biblical tradition I think that tr- children are a blessing and you know Abraham being thinking he would never have children being blessed with children <clears throat> that you can't number mm-hmm. and so and yet the reality is, is that there are you know, people struggle with infertility and not being able to have children mm-hmm. yeah. and pray for children all the time and they don't they don't come. They would seek out this kind of blessing. They're, right, they would seek out this blessing or a way to actually bring that concern to the church or to the synagogue. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways in which we kind of keep those conversations off to the side. But I sure. think what this reading says to me is we can actually talk about the desire or the struggle in our religious space. And so, you know, there's something touching about that, I think. Yeah, yeah. much so. No, that's a good point. I think it's important to, to, to point out that, uh, you know, there there are certain topics that we think are taboo, but there's, you know, we should be comfortable to, to speak on them. Or even if they're uh, an incredibly complex or, or difficult, uh, uh, you, you need to have a space where you can, you know, bring those. And, and, so that's, that's and if point. a congregation's healthy, the congregation can be that space. Yeah. Right. Complex issues, painful issues. Um, Hopes and dreams can all be part of the life of the congregation and individuals within it. That's what I hope for. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be, I mean, people bring their whole selves to God. And if you're going to be in community with other people of God, then you need to be able to bring your whole self. And it's not Mm -hmm. like you have to like regurgitate your like stuff all over the place in front of people, but there's needs to be appropriate space for the joys and for the the pains. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, at our best, I think that's what we do. We allow people to be, to bring the real, Mm -hmm. all of it. I like that. Bring the real. I like yeah. that. That's a good phrase. 
We'll make t-shirts of that later. Yeah, oh, that, Bring the real. Put that, put that on the back of my Mother of Dragons shirt. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah. Mother of Dragons, bring the real. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That I works. totally do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, anything else about uh, th- this reading, Samuel? Uh, not necessarily that I want to push for like a, an entire, uh, you know, sermon homily on it, but... Uh, but uh, well, shoot, it. shoot, we might, we might, we might get that. Who knows? I don't, who, who knows? Too clear to hear you. Yeah, you never know yeah. what you're going to get. Anything else that would you'd want to kind of point out about this, uh, this, this reading in Samuel? Well, just one obvious piece is that, as you'll hear later, it, it's designed to be a bit of foreshadowing for the gospel. Yes, I was. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're ruining the la- the, the oh, end sorry. part of the podcast. No, it, yeah, it, it does. It very much ties into what we'll read here in Luke, and there will be definitely, I think, a, a comparative uh, uh, line drawn, and maybe, and 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 this goes to show, uh, I think, uh, for our listeners and and for for the church going folk in general, that these readings are chosen with with a lot of intent, uh, very purposely are able to choose. Uh, uh, scriptures and verses that that then uh, kind of work uh, together and and uh, are, are intentionally trying to draw a narrative thread uh, uh, between uh, between them. So uh, right. um, so we'll get to that. Um, then moving on to Colossians uh, chapter three verses twelve through seventeen, and I will read that unless someone else would like. Go ahead. Okay, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in in the one body, and be thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, letter to the Colossians, uh, which were in Colossia. Colossia, Colossia. Uh, The the author of, of Colossians. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions, you know, one of my recurring uh, questions is, uh, who, who wrote this letter? I mean, well, I it's didn't. attributed to Paul. I mean, Paul? it's one of those, you know, there's... Is this one of the ones where we're, we think, and we have a couple of people? Yeah, yeah. And so, I, in fact, I, I always have a hard time keeping them straight, which are the ones which we know are pretty legitimately Paul, and the ones that we think are done in the style of Paul. And it's one mm-hmm. of those... That are in his style. Okay. But, you know, the, the effect, though, is the same. The sense that we've got all of these churches, mm-hmm. these new Christian communities needing to be tended to and connected and supported or admi- admonished, as the case may be. Yeah. And so. And it's very yeah. interesting that uh, our, our conversation on the last uh, verse uh, kind of veered this way. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the verse in, in here is, is talking very much about how, as a community of uh, church gathering people, um, um bear you know how do you bear your complaints against one another and how you how you live a life of forgiveness and uh you know how how to uh how to really live in this this close close-knit religious community uh with each other because it's not all always you know hunky-dory and you know cotton candy lollipops that kind of a (laughs) yeah and you won't you wouldn't be willing or at least i wouldn't be willing to share my deepest concerns with a community that wasn't forgiving and loving 
and therefore trustworthy. So now this ties very much into what the bishop was saying a few minutes ago about the bringing our deepest concerns and all of who we are, um, the t-shirt slogan and all those things, uh, <laughs> to have a vibrant spiritual life within a Christian community. I kind of like, though, I mean, we're still on the subject of fashion. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, it's kind of got that breastplate of righteousness vibe, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, clothe yourself, armor yourself with this. And right, clothe but yourself. what would it mean like if you were to get up every morning, and I don't, you know, I should plaster this on my my uh, mirror in the bathroom, and, you know, as I'm preparing for the day, to clothe myself with, you know, <clears throat> compassion and kindness mm -hmm. and humility and meekness and patience, and then to go out and face the world. Like, there is mm -hmm. a real sense in which... These are habits of faithful people, and we know them in the back of our head, but I love the imagery here, which mm -hmm. is just like you can almost see yourself putting on the clothing that mm -hmm. represents these attributes and values. The so mitre that, of truth. I right, mean. right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then, like, you know, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, like those... I mean, this is just some of the most beautiful language mm -hmm. in, in, in our scriptures, I think. And so, um, yeah. 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 So to have that as your daily discipline could really yeah. transform mm -hmm. our lives. Yeah. And it kind of seems to be a, a, a theme uh, with the letter of so-and-so to so-and-so. Uh, lots of words of encouragement, how to live your life, how to, how to, how to deal with each other and, and, uh, and, uh, and giving, giving people, uh, bless these congregations blessings i can imagine that you know just as if we in in modern day if you were to write a letter to you know the church in you know neighboring town over that i guess you'd kind of find yourself writing very similar things like you know and letters of encouragement is essentially what mm -hmm. a lot of this is and a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, of maybe recommendations of things that work, things that don't work, but spiritual practices, spiritual right. practices. Yeah. Um, uh, because a lot of times, obviously, you know, we hear these readings and it, it, it's easy for, for uh, uh, at least me as a parishioner to, you know, disconnect myself from those letters to those Thess Thessalonians because I'm not a Thessalonian. And he's, they need the, this, I'm eavesdropping. Yeah. The, this is not, well, you hey. know, this isn't for me. This is their problems, but really this is, this is, this is exactly how we would, these are some of the same struggles that we have today. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is exactly the kind of, uh, I guess the encouraging letter that uh, at least I would hope to receive if I received a letter from, you know, the congregation in the next town over, uh, you know, words of encouragement. That's a fascinating way to look at this because in my, head I'm thinking well I just had a letter delivered to St. Christopher's Carmel today <laughs> and what would it be like if you were to get that letter and it's like well I don't know what's going on over there it was, <laughs> it was a word of encouragement let me just say but I feel like this is that's my job uh -huh. writing these letters to communities who are trying to be faithful but the, I love the perspective on it it's like well after I've gone for someone to have taken all these letters and just said, let's just read them and then reflect on them, yeah. not knowing really why they were written or mm -hmm. knowing that they were not written to the current place and circumstance. And right. yet the beauty of the scriptures is that we know that and there is still yet a word for, for us. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, I mean, I'm not worthy of Pauline. <laughs> so I was going to say, you know, as, as, my letters will not last and be distributed 2,000 you, years from you now. Better, you better hope not. You better, I hope, I you better hope that nobody gets the idea of like, you know what? We really should put a collection of uh, letters of, of, of Bishop Jennifer to... You won. <laughs> oh, my Bishop, word. A, a reading from the letter of the bishop to the congregation in Fishers. Right. Good Lord, you guys. Get your act right. together. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. wow, that's going to... Yeah, as long as... Yeah. Yeah. Three, I'll never write off. another letter. I'm <laughs> 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 never going to write another letter the same, like, oh, yeah. if this gets republished, that's what is, right. am I going to be proud of this one? <laughs> or at least you won't let it write another letter to Holy Family. That's right. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All my communiques will be delivered in person without recording devices nearby. <laughs> Uh, and memories wiped thereafter. Uh, exactly. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It is like I said. It, it, it is a, a, a. I think a lot of times we're we're uh, um, we do ourselves a disservice by approaching these these uh, these you know the readings of the Bible. Whether you you you're going through like a weekly or, or daily practice of reading it yourself, or you're going through lectionary readings, uh, we we are kind of saddled with that uh, uh, um, that that distance of time and space mm -hmm. and and kind of you know sometimes. Uh, uh, Wow, that's a very interesting thing that that you know that author is writing to those people and not to me. Way you know, right. going far away. Right, right, right. Because especially with the the last line in this lesson, you know, and whatever you do, <clears throat> in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And I'm like, yep. everything. Yeah. Everything. And I I'm hard pressed to say I, if uh, to think of something that I don't do that's either in word or deed. So I think that covers pretty much all of it. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's a, it. Yeah, it is a, a it, it's a little ominous. Thank goodness he wasn't talking to me. He's talking to the Colossians. Uh, and so, hence the need for forgiveness. So I'm just like, thank God. Right. Literally. Well, and yeah. one of the interesting things to me is that at various times in Christian history, there have been people who've tried to get around this by putting off baptism or other kinds of commitments right. so that they have 20 years to themselves and then they'll bring God in. Mm -hmm. And it, it just is a silly way to live because, in fact, when we do make these things our daily practices, our lives are so much better. Yeah. That we think we can figure out a better way to live than God gives us, but in fact, we're just fooling ourselves. Right, right, right on. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I've got it right. <laughs> That's why you're the host. That's... <laughs> If I can demonstrate, uh, uh, if anyone can learn from my foolishness, that's the whole point of this podcast. Um, so, uh, so then moving on to Luke, uh, chapter two, verses 41 through 52. Now, every year his parents went to, to Jerusalem for the festival of, of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went on a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. So, there's the tie. There's a, you know, uh, time passed and he grew wiser and wiser, just like very similar to Samuel. Um, although I, I do, I mean, just as a parent myself, I do have to ask the question, a whole day's journey, you know, they go a whole day's journey and they're like, do, do you have Jesus? Do you? No, you I thought it. you did. You, you've seen Home Alone. I've I mean, seen Home Alone. It happens. It happens. <laughs> 
Kevin may see the scripture the same Mc- way again. <laughs> Jesus, Kevin McAllister, is not. I know. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, the other thing, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on here. But as a mom, I'm thinking, first of all, and Mary was human. There's no way. Mm-hmm. She was like, child. Yeah. How right. can, we've, right. we've had great anxiety. Right. You know that there was a little voice raising going on and that she was mm-hmm. being real with Jesus. And she, right. she had a literal come to Jesus conversation. Yes. Yes. And no, no. It was, a, it, was, it was a come to Mary. Yeah. Come to Mary. yeah. So it's just. The way that Joseph like, gets here. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the way they kind of like calmly describe this. And yet there was something amazing happening with Jesus. I mean, yeah. there were other things yeah, yeah. that were giving them some signs of how special he was, but mm-hmm. um, you know, as opposed to going up and playing video games or something, he's off in the temple teaching. Right, mm-hmm. doing right, his right, thing. right. Yeah, it, it, it's a uh, yeah. Clearly, yes, this conversation did not occur as written. I think, I think, I think we, sh- I think that should be taken. Yes. Uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, catching uh, Jesus' attention out of the corner of his eye. Get over here. <laughs> That's it. Get away from that camel and get here right now. Right. Uh, although in my mind, uh, it, it, there there would have been a, a funny interaction of like, uh, just wait till your father gets home. And I'm like, but you're not. I'm in my father's house. Can I just tell you? <laughs> you I mean, smart aleck. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could not have been easy. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, really. Yeah, especially you know. this time of year. I think of the, okay, you know, Mary, you know, 12 years ago, there were angels and shepherds and all this stuff why are you surprised that you hung back um but again it's this very human reaction on Mm -hmm. on mary's part that i just i just love well and 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 it it does kind of beg the question of you know what were mary and joseph's uh understanding of what was to come right i mean as you read the stories uh, of the Gospels of, you know, his birth and and, and what's being promised to them uh, about their son, Jesus, it, you, you don't really get the feeling of like, okay, I'm going to detail for you exactly how this is going to happen. And so, like, putting yourself into the shoes as a parent of, of the, you know, just even if you're pre-told that the, your child is destined for something, is it would, it would be a very troubling uh, 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 experience of trying to raise this child for, you know, you know, blessed are you, here's the son of God. Uh, but in the back of Mary and Joseph's mind, it, it, they might, must have been hearing the, the message of like, now don't mess this up because right. uh, no pressure, yeah. no yeah. pressure. Right. And I mean, they would have had, I mean, their scriptures were the, the readings from Samuel, right? right? So they would have been familiar with the story of Samuel and Eli mm-hmm. and the pre- just the propensity to be in the temple. And so, you know, now I think they're probably having one of these coming to terms with like, this is what this means. Right. Like mm-hmm. maybe they weren't prepared in that moment for that to be the thing that happened, but they mm-hmm. probably suspected that at some point. And of course, Jesus is divine and human and so he's going to do that typical preteen teenage thing and begin to self-differentiate himself mm-hmm. right and take right. on his own you know thing so it's um in so many ways it's so human like with this interaction yeah it's like yeah, it can yeah. happen to anybody yeah but it couldn't happen quite like this to anybody else mm-hmm. but jesus right right, right. yeah yeah and it so does it does specifically wonderful. say that mary and joseph didn't understand his response right i mean you know right. oh, where, where else would i be i was gonna be in my mm-hmm. father's house uh, which is basically like the, uh, the the biblical equivalent of you're not my real dad. <laughs> oh, 
Kind of. Ouch. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. The right age to say it. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, yeah. I, that's exactly what I always think when I hear this. Yeah. Like that's that's the response. You're not my real dad. Yeah. Slam the door. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is he's being real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in defense of Mary and Joseph, mm-hmm. there's we as Americans can read this and think of our family, which we think of as maybe two or three generations. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Mary and Joseph, they were part of a much more communally oriented culture. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that they didn't see their their son, especially because he's 12. So he's fairly mm-hmm. old for the full day. Just presumed he was off with his cousins. Right. And at know, 12 years John, old would have been very self-independent, self-reliant. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John the yeah. Baptist yeah. are off on, in the back of the caravan. Yeah. That's fine with everyone. And, mm-hmm. and only... After a certain amount of time, they're like, right. wait a minute, he's not with Right. A day's worth of travel. Right. They sat down, yeah. they cooked dinner, and Jesus it, Jesus at 12, you know, hungry kid, hungry, yeah. hungry teenage kid, and like, uh, you know, hey, he's not here to eat. Right. It's past his curfew. Past right. his curfew. Not coming in. What's right. the, what's and the he's deal? not with this cut relative, that relative. Right. Like, have you right. seen him? And right. so, yeah. It could take a while. John, where's your... <laughs> Especially since it was a this was a grand pilgrimage time. So right, right, right. There That's would right. have been lo- dozens and people. dozens. Of yeah, a lot of... All together, there would have been thousands of people heading right. to Jerusalem and back. That's a good point, though. So, so, so in, yeah, in, in, in defense of, of Mary and Joseph, probably entire families traveled together. That's right. probably exactly what, what yeah. this was, was uh, that it was an entire group of people... Um, uh, that that were very related to each other and and would have yeah you would have you know trusted he's with his cousins yeah. he's with his yeah and they his were aunt, traveling his uncle is you know some somebody traveling together both for enjoyment and for protection yeah right. you know, to protect themselves from bandits and such that mm-hmm. were as we hear in, in later stories Jesus tells about the fear of bandits as people are on pilgrimage like yeah the yeah story of the Good Samaritan lots of lots of yeah. lots of stories that involve uh, that that yeah. pilgrimage uh, very central to the calendar year or so everybody experienced it uh, right but what i like about this reading too is that it's i think i mean i'd have to go and look at the first two chapters of luke but this is where we get the notion that he's increasing not only in divine favor which we know he had but human favor right yeah which you know that won't last long but i mean he'll right. have this following but mm-hmm. the sense that other people are taking notice right and even though mm-hmm. you know he's going back to his hometown like folks are there they know there's something about this jesus already and yeah. he's increasing in favor. And perhaps when he's had this experience in the temple, and this is a free, you know, we don't have it in our canon of scripture, but you can suspect that he's he's still preaching. He's still yeah. starting, you know, he's, yeah. this, at this um, way of showing up is happening outside of the temple too, and people are taking notice. Yeah. So what, what I like about these readings is it, it's very well suited for the end of the year. Uh, I mean, this is this is while we're you know we're 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 coming into the time where we're trying to figure out what we want to do for the next year and what are we going to be about and what you know what aspects are we going to try to change, and and in a way that's kind of what uh, especially the, the the sandwich of the uh, of the, the 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 readings here, uh, the first one talks about how Samuel uh, you know grew and did better and that you know Luke mm-hmm. talks about how Jesus grew and 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 became better and. And it's kind of like that. You know, I kind of feel that encouragement of like, and now it's your turn, and and mm-hmm. it's being handed off to the individual prisoner as well. So, are you going to improve and become better than you were last year, or are you gonna, you know, you gonna let it slide? And like, what do you want to do? You want to follow the path of Samuel and Christ, or do your own thing? But uh, but so. As people are listening to this, they're they're preparing for that. Actually, this will technically come out Christmas morning. 
but uh, but uh, realistically, I, I have a feeling most people won't listen to it until a little later on in the in, in the week, and it'll be in preparation for. Unless that. they're listening to it on their way to church at ten a.m. at Holy and, Family, the jam the jammy church service. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, uh, exactly. Uh, apologies for how I looked, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, um, but th- this is that time of of year where we're still kind of keep with this. This is our tradition of uh, of uh, wrapping it up at the end of the year and preparing for the next and 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 picking out things that we want to do better. So, uh, it, it, Bishop, any any uh, any any words of encouragement for twenty nineteen? Uh, what are we going to be about this year? We're going to bring the real, obviously, <laughs> always. Uh, and uh, but uh, but like for twenty nineteen, anything any anything uh, that we should be. Uh, uh, mindful of uh, is this going to be the year of fill in the blank? You know, we in the Episcopal Church in Central and Southern Indiana are all about bold witness and radical welcome. That's our mm-hmm. emphasis, and I think it's about how do we actually show up for people in ways that show love and kindness and compassion and all the things the Colossians were being bid to put on as clothing. Right, we're mm-hmm. called to do that and to do it without apology and to be welcoming and building relationships with people across age and race and class and difference. And so I think we're, that's, I mean, that's who we are as the Episcopal Church, but we're kind of doubling down on that. So you can hear more, you'll hear more about that and we'll be invited to do more of that. But I would say as we look at 2019 and just one of the best things we could do is to say that God has already blessed us with favor and is blessing us where we are and calling us always to grow deeper into God's love and into being the kind of people that are able to put on the clothes of kindness, compassion, humility, love. And so on the one hand, we cannot make ourselves better on our own. Like God's going to do that for us. We just need to accept that invitation and step into it and remember it because that's who God created us to be. So my hope for anyone who might be hearing this is that you'd know you're already blessed. Mm -hmm. If you're waking up to hear this podcast it's good. Like life might be hard, but you're a living and you've got an opportunity this day to start anew and God's blessing you. So I hope that people would know that deeply. Nice. Very good. Great. Bruce, any, uh, any, any 2019 comments that will be far, far, uh, uh, junior and inferior to what we just heard. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes. Don't leave your child in the caravan for a full day. Don't. And, and, (laughs) That's and, wisdom, my friend. Wisdom. <laughs> right there, you go. Twenty. So, twenty nineteen, the year of being clothed uh, and and, uh, and and bringing the real. Uh, Bishop Jennifer, thank you so much for being uh, with us here today. Yes. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we have. Uh, if we've scared you off, it's only been for a short period of time. Uh, but you are welcome back anytime. Uh, uh, thank you so much uh, for for joining us today on short uh, shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. Bishop Jennifer, it's been a delight. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.